welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Today, we're going to visit with Samuel Bonasso. Samuel is the owner of Quantum Bean Coffee in Morgantown, West Virginia, over in Montegalia County. But first, a little bit about our mission here at Positively West Virginia. Every week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. Since 2017, our goal is to bring you encouraging and inspiring business stories each week from right here in the Mountain State. We've produced more than 250 episodes now, and Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You could learn more about our mission of promoting small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. My team at here, uh, here at Interaction Media and Positively West Virginia, we love telling these stories, and quite frankly, a lot of people never get to hear about, and that's our mission here at Positively West Virginia. Our hope is that we realize... Uh, uh, is, our hope is that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great business opportunities. They're right here in our state. We want to encourage people to stay here or to come here and maybe move here and build a great company. Or if you've left the state, come back to West Virginia and be a part of this amazing small business culture here in our state. All of our guests are people who are actually getting that done day in and day out. And I'm convinced that we can all learn from their experiences and most importantly, their stories. Our guest once again today is Samuel Bonasso. Samuel is the owner of Quantum Bean Coffee in Morgantown, West Virginia. Samuel, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks, Jim. It's good to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. This is the first time I think you and I have ever talked, and you're right here in my backyard, and I'm a big fan of Quantum Bean. So I want to tell the folks a little bit about your company. Samuel Bonasso is the founder and head roaster at Quantum Bean Coffee in Morgantown. He's been married for seven years and has two young kids. Samuel has a vision for cultivating a specialty coffee culture in the state of West Virginia, and he's absolutely crushing that goal. We invited Samuel to be on the show today to talk about Quantum Bean, to share their story, and to give our audience some valuable insight into the company he leads in West Virginia. Samuel, again, thanks for being with us today. Take a minute and tell us a little bit about Quantum Bean Coffee. Um, oh, thanks, Jim, uh, for having uh, me and featuring our business. Um, yeah. We are a uh, first and foremost, a coffee roasting business turned uh, into a specialty coffee uh, slash cafe in 2018 here in Morgantown. We um, originally started the business in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Um, I had a little apartment connected to my house where I install, uh, installed a small commercial roaster and took a chance basically uh, doing farmer's markets on weekends, trying to you know get some interesting coffees out there from different origins. Uh, around the world really focusing on uh just the coffee being fresh roasted uh we would do pour over service at these markets mainly the bridgeport farmers market mm. um there in bridgeport and uh kind of built a little following through that and then after a couple years uh doing those farmers markets throughout the state we decided to you know take the plunge and uh 
see if we could make it doing the real thing with a you know an italian style coffee bar um where we're just on coffee service day in day out so, yeah and that you know leads us to where we are today that's awesome samuel how did you get started into coffee anyway in the first place doing these farmers markets and and, and things like that how did you get into that what what was the the thing that sparked you to to jump in well i um it was you know by chance i had moved around after i'd graduated from wvu in 2005 and i had spent uh a few years in california um and that's where i'd kind of fallen fallen in love with coffee they they had a much like the craft beer even the wine scene they were at least the west coast was kind of their first mm. so when you would go out there you had Stumptown, you had some of these original uh you know second wave coffee roasters that were doing things different and that's where i had the you could say the cup that changed my life the cup that <laughs> I mean, it was just a cup of drip just a cup of drip drip coffee you know two dollars and i had to go back and get another one and for the first eight months that's all i got i would not i mean i am a creature of habit but i would go back and they would know my face and you know a lot of they were like, are you ever going to try you know anything else and eventually i did and fell in love with the entire menu that yeah. place was called cafe calabria uh and i you know i'll never forget it um yeah but upon moving back just the i was ordering a lot of coffee online getting it shipped to here in west virginia the shipping prices just kind of didn't justify what it would take to just drink coffee every morning and, and enjoy it the way i was on the west coast so i um started looking up and uh getting into hobby roasting home roasting yeah um so you'd basically import not even import you'd work with importers and basically buy a pound or two of green coffee and uh, a company called sweet maria's out of oakland california and uh would basically give the coffee to lots of friends because i did i mean i love to do it as a hobby um and as i would get the coffee out there i knew once i started home roasting that i would be likely doing that for the rest of my life so long <laughs> as i drank coffee it's just it's a lot of fun it, yeah. it brought me a little closer um and then the hobby you know i had it, it just became quite time consuming with all the demand i eventually decided to uh create an llc just to kind of balance the uh spending money with uh, you know money i could charge and yeah yeah well you know. then next thing you know you have a business you know one of the things that i i love about what you're saying here is that from my perspective anyway you know i, I feel like um coffee and, and it's been kind of fun to watch this over the years especially over the last maybe uh 15 years or so it, the coffee industry's growth i believe is like it's kind of evolved into a social drink coffee has, right? Kind of like alcohol has been, right? And so um, I would say maybe unexpectedly, you know, pe people kind of congregate at locations that offer great coffee. Is that kind of a fair so, assumption? I would even say they even congregate at places that serve bad coffee. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, it's yeah. just, there's a place for everyone. Yeah. And that's nothing, yeah. not to say anything bad about bad coffee or coffee that you know someone may like that and sure. I, I mean i remember my grandparents would they would go to mcdonald's and get together with folks and yeah, um, sure you know drink the coffee there and it was just about the fellowship yeah community I don't think that much has changed yeah, um, yeah. except for the fact uh, the quality of coffee it, so, it's interesting because uh you mentioned it, the place was called cafe calabria is that correct mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah so and, and you also mentioned like an italian style coffee house and yeah. i remember it's been some time now but 
uh, I had a chance to, to visit Italy uh, uh, for a week or so, and, and I remember distinctly going into a little coffee shop in Venice, and it was it was interesting. I'm there as a tourist, but this was like the, the community place, you know, and you see the businessmen and businesswomen at the time, they were all, you know, dressed to the nines, getting ready to start their day, and they would all walk in and bonjourno, you know, and they would and they would have these espressos that were in cups, the little illy yeah. cups, you know, That's the right. China. Yeah, it, yeah, it was all over the place. Yeah, and they would just have this uh, little espresso shot, and it was literally, um, they were in there maybe, you know, two minutes, three minutes, and then they were on to their, to their day, and... Yeah. Then I look at Americans, and you know, we think of coffee in the the sheets, you know, forty ounce or, or something, you know, with five creamers, and I'm like, that's not the way to enjoy coffee. I mean, no. yeah, you know, to each his own, right? But, but yeah. tell us a little bit about uh, from your perspective, you know, what is the coffee culture all about, and in, in terms of you know, roasting and and brewing great coffee. I mean. Um just to go back to what you were saying, the coffee culture in America, for lack of a better word, has been sort of Americanized with big, you know, big 30 ounce drinks. It's what people want. It's what they're going to get, especially yeah. if, you know, a corporation like Starbucks is involved. It's, sure. you know, people want the, um, a bigger size. That's what they're going to get. Um, but from a roasting, roasting perspective, we're always um, seeking out new coffees, new, new processes that are done at the farm to try to bring out new flavors that's that's kind of a new um buzz thing right now is these farms and the processes they go through to bring out different flavors whether a coffee might be washed which is traditional or whether it's dried naturally you know coffee cherries picked um it can either be washed and and taken down to that seed or it can be dried and like almost like a prune where it's gonna uh dry with the cherry on and be taken off stuff like that from a roasting perspective we'll start right there at evaluating the coffee and from that perspective by the time we get to the cup i mean we've already made so many decisions that yeah. are going to affect the quality and taste of that cup so you know our biggest latte size in our shop is a 16 ounce and you know we've thought about even going to 20 but at that point all the work we've done to uh, for any given coffee, it's just getting more diluted uh, if we go beyond that. And we, we kind of think at 16 ounces, we're at the peak of balancing all the work we've done to make something special, including the farmer and the people along that journey to where we, we kind of cut it off there. Uh, 16 ounces is a just a huge coffee drink with lots of milk. Um, so we we kind of cap it at that and uh, feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Quality. Yeah, I appreciate that insight coming from from your perspective. It gives me a lot of clarity on it. Yeah. Sam, I want to ask you, I always like that to, to start the program off and have you give you an opportunity to give your 30 second pitch for quantum beans. So in other words, when you meet somebody, what is it that you tell them that you do? I, tell, I mean, I tell them I'm a coffee roaster. Uh, try not to get too uh buried down in my own ego or self-congratulatory stuff. I mean, I probably do have a little bit of like, you know, there's imposter syndrome stuff. And I think that stuff can be healthy. Yeah. Uh, so I think of myself as a coffee roaster that started a business. And um, you may see a lot of our flaws in our business as we approach growth and new phases. And 
a lot of those may be a technician at heart who learned to roast coffee, who's um, dipping his toes into entrepreneurship and yeah. business management, some of those things. And um, I, I think luck plays into it a lot. I think um, your community plays into it even more so. Uh, putting your faith in them, you know, letting them help lift you up. So, um, but you got to have them with you. And I mean, when we took the risk of opening up here in Morgantown, it was basically, Hey, I'm a coffee roaster. I feel like I have something to say here. Let's serve some drinks and let's see what the community says. Yeah. I didn't really have confidence until after those first few months that, that we had something to say in, in coffee, especially in coffee service. Yeah. And yeah. So here that's, we are. That's you know, a good lesson. To, chance, yeah. That's a good lesson. I think to, to, to take away from that. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, the first thing you have to have for a successful business is a customer, right? <laughs> and then once you get that first customer, the second thing you have to get is another customer, <laughs> right? And then those yeah. repeat customers and then, you that's know, right. and then keeping all those people happy. Exactly. So that, yeah. that's, that's valuable insight. I, Appreciate you sharing that with our audience. What would you say, Sam, is the is the thing you're most excited about for Quantum Bean Coffee right now? Uh, okay, well, I can answer that in two ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, just as a business, we're we've we've grown uh, really exponentially in our spot. I never thought we would be where we are today, and we're just in terms of it's exciting because we're at a fork where we may be growing. Uh, beyond South Park and that might you know we might grow within South Park I don't know how that's going to look right now a lot of that stuff is up in the air but growth seems to be undeniable and whether that ends up being a second location in the years to come or you know I I think it it probably will Um, and that in itself is exciting yeah Um, that's awesome that's great. Well, talk talk a little bit about where you're located. Give folks an idea who may not be familiar with Quantum Bean, where you're located. Yep. So we are located in South Park uh, on Kingwood Street. So uh, if you're not familiar with South Park, it's right across Deckers Creek from downtown into the, we call it like the neighborhood side of uh, Morgantown, but it's, it's a beautiful area. Uh, tons of culture, tons of really cool businesses. We've got like the best bakery in town, best bakery in the state. Uh, we got one of the best breweries in the state right here. We have uh, Madeline Marie's. Just a lot of really uh, unique businesses that are just like bedrock community businesses. Yeah, that's awesome. And what about the geographic area that you serve? Where do your customers come from? Well, we have uh, a lot of customers are right here in South Park, but we also um, quite fortunately have four car parking, uh, which is unheard of in South Park, that allows us to bring in some uh, some students that might be living in dorms, some professors that may live outside the city. Uh, a lot of folks live in Cheat Lake come come down through. And that means a lot because they they have other places they could go get coffee, certainly in Cheat Lake. Yeah. And your your business is, is really a cool place to hang out, to, to grab a little uh, something to eat and uh, and have an amazing cup of coffee. What, um, how many employees do you have? We are up to, well, we, we're in transition right now. We were up to six last week, including myself. We're back down to five now and we'll likely be back up to six as we kind of restaff here through the fall. Yeah. Well, Sam, at this point, I'd love to have, have you talk about 
your coffees. I mean, we've been we've been kind of dancing around it, but I'd really like to give uh, our audience a, an insight as to you know the the types of uh, coffees that you're roasting. Uh, talk about maybe some of the best sellers, and I, and I also would love to know what your favorite uh, roast is. Okay. Um, I, I'm happy to, and I'll, that's also, I can piggyback on, you said what excites you right now. Yeah. <laughs> there was two parts to that question and I can answer the other part with this because yeah. every year, this time of year, it's kind of starts right in June. We call it like peak harvest season. And that's just all the coffee is farmed seasonally, like anything that's farmed. Yeah. And a lot of the seasons line up together. Some are off, some in Africa are off, and Sumatra, Indonesia. But for the most part, Central America, South America, and a lot of the places in the uh, African uh, coffee-producing regions all come out at the same time. So it's like late uh, late May, June to pretty much right now. So that's really what's at this time of year i'm always excited about trying new coffees i'm doing a lot of sample roasting i'm um, having our baristas try coffee seeing and that's usually the first um i i'll start evaluating and then i'll start bringing in our we do have one other roaster so i'll get his opinion um you may have met him uh john one of our staff members um and then we'll we'll give it to the baristas get their feedback and if we're getting positive feedback uh at that point we're we're probably going to bring that coffee in. Yeah. So like even this year, we have a couple of new coffees. We have a new Costa Rica, a new Colombia that we just got in today. Um, as far as my favorite coffee, I think uh, my personal favorite is between one of our two Guatemalas from uh, a region we call Weiwei, Weiwei Tenango. Uh, the first one is Vista al Bosque. Um, just, just a great great coffee been on our menu for a few years and another one is from that same uh near the same region and it's uh the farm's called la intelligentsia and it's just another great coffee it, it it's a little more body and a little more uh plays a little bit more like a south american coffee compared to the other guatemala but being that they're from the same region they both have a lot to say different from each other and i just they're both best sellers. They're both on our menu right now and on our shelf, so it's it's a good time to go. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I love that, and we'll make sure that we have uh, a link uh, to your website here, um, uh, and, and so folks can you know go down and check Quantum Bean out. You know, Samuel, it's it's kind of interesting just listening to you talk because you know coffee to me is an essential part of daily life in America, and and probably around the world, I would say. But it's, I find it fascinating that most coffee is produced like in developing countries, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you mentioned, you know, Ethiopia, uh, Guatemala, Peru, some of these places like that, that, uh, you know, it's just, I find it interesting. And it's a, you know, coffee's a, like a hundred billion dollar industry globally, right? Yeah, second, so second uh, biggest commodity. Is that right? Isn't that, isn't that and fascinating? And the other one's finite, which is oil. So, yeah. I mean, at some point, that's going <laughs> to... It's going to flip, right? If we could only figure out a way to get our vehicles running on coffee, that would be awesome. That's right. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be long. <laughs> and I'm sure Quantum Bean will be right there. Uh, yeah, so, I would love it. So, you know... Um, you know, I think uh, think about your entrepreneurial journey, you know, starting in, um, 
and doing you know these uh, I think you call them fe- uh, festivals or something like that events and, yeah, and whatnot markets. farmers markets yeah, yeah. and, and, I, and I, I see that in your entrepreneurial journey starting back in you know it actually probably before 2018 right uh, so oh, yeah. and then yeah. you start to, you start your your um, shop your coffee shop here in Morgantown in 2018 what's been what's been the best business moment so far that you've had Well, I mean, I think, I think you may have just said it. When we were looking at where to open, I was all over the place, man. I was in looking in Bridgeport. I lived in Morgantown. I lived in Fairmont, which I'm a Fairmont boy. Grew up there. Okay. And, um, you know, I um, ended up choosing Morgantown mainly because uh, my wife is a registered nurse at WVU, oh, and that cool. made the decision a little bit easier. She was going to be closer to work, and um, I decided to roll the dice with that because at the end of the day, at least our, uh, maintaining our family life would be easier. Yeah. And, uh, the way it worked in South park, we, you know, we took a real chance, but I think just that, I think opening there and having this little micro community embrace us the way they have, I, you know, I don't know if we'd be here today without it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I don't know if this is the way you see it, but, I see Quantum Bean as a uh, treasure in South Park. It's, a, it, you know, the idea of having a, co- a coffee shop in a, in a residential neighborhood is pretty awesome, I think. You can walk to it, like you said, or folks can drive. You've got a couple of parking spots there. But I think that's pretty neat. It, you know, you're not, you don't have a drive-through where you've got a line 40 people, you know, 40 cars back. You're, you're doing this one-to-one. You're building relationships, and it's just a part of the fabric of the, of the residential community there in South Park. Is that kind of the, yeah. the way you see it? It is. It, yeah. I mean, you have this connection, and um, that's the hard thing to define, even when you're bringing in, let's say, a new staff member and trying to teach them what is it like being a barista here at Quantum. Um, while you're, you have to follow these systems and be able to serve this coffee in a consistent way, but you have to be able to connect with customers in a way that is different in different to each person some mm-hmm. people want their mocha and to get out but some people want you know maybe to know about that mocha or know about that coffee and learning when to jump in and when to jump out that's that's the difficult thing yeah. to know that's the art part of it right that's the art part of it yeah. um and yeah you're right i mean if you, if you took a drive through i just think it takes the whole connection away and as much as that might increase sales it would just I think it would forever change, the, especially in South Park. It would not; it would just not happen. Yeah. It wouldn't work. But um, yeah. even if we moved somewhere, I, I don't love the idea. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Good, good, yeah. uh, good perspective. Yeah. On the flip side of that, what's been your worst business moment? Take us to that place and tell us that story. Worst business moment. Well, opening the shop had a lot of hiccups that we went through. I mean, as simple as like water quality issues that. Mm. Um, filters that were giving us headaches. We had put all our capital into this startup cost. And before we could even open, we were having cloudy water come through on our equipment and we're like chasing this thing. We had no revenue coming in. And I mean, that was one to think back. Another one was prior to, um, prior to having a brick and mortar, my second year at a farmer's markets, I made a bunch of investments, wanted to really up the game. So I invested in like a nitro cold brew setup, which is a big deal. And at the time, eight years ago, was even a bigger deal because no one had it. These the the equipment was much more expensive. 
and this story I can smile and laugh about it now, but it was market one of that year and um, mid May. It was almost like an ice storm and and. in Bridgeport, but I had too much riding on this. I had done too much social media to not do it. Man, I went up there and it was like a windstorm, icy. I'd lost so much blast, so much. Oh. I lost a bunch of my nitro equipment. Oh my gosh. I just remember thinking after that, like, yeah, is this for me? Is this journey, you know? But that's the battle of taking taking your show on the road and trying to, to do it without without having a brick and mortar, a place you could just go yeah. and go to bat, you know? Yeah, that's uh, that's good uh, good in- information right there. I could just see that. I was trying to picture that ice storm and, you know, stuff blowing all over the place. It sounds interesting. You know, I want to I want to hit on something you, you mentioned uh, about water quality. I, just being a casual observer and not having any idea um, other than my own little uh, dabbling in coffee making here in Morgantown myself, um, you know, uh, you have it seems like you've invested a lot in your equipment can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about that like the from the water quality to the actual um, grinders and all the different apparatus that you guys use yeah I mean I just think um, my approach to coffee is uh, I, I don't think that it always has to be the nicest equipment but I also think there's just so many places you could you could cheap out and make things a little bit cheaper if you want. You can go buy used equipment, which you may find gems, but you may not. And um, the good equipment is built to last. And if you take care of it, like, you know, you could go buy a really expensive espresso machine and hook it up to city water, and you're going to shoot yourself in the foot because you have this nice, shiny, stainless piece of equipment that you're just putting garbage into. And by the time the scale builds up and you have, issues in a few years it's going to be so expensive to fix that piece of equipment it wasn't worth it in the first place yeah so it's important to a if you're going to invest in good equipment to take care of it and b if you care about your product and you want to serve your community the best go get the best and take care of it and stand by it and i think um there's something to be said for that. Yeah, it almost seems like uh, making a great cup of coffee is the sum of all the parts, right? Yeah, Inclu- and that includes even the barista because, mm. like I said, you could go have a cup, and if someone treats you like you know a, a piece of crap, it doesn't really matter because yeah. that's what you carry with you. Yeah, it's part of the experience, right? That's right. Yep. Sam, I want to take a second just to mention some of the sponsors we have for Positively West Virginia. They include the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. The support we receive from these West Virginia companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia in business. Our guest once again today is Samuel Bonasso. He's the owner of Quantum Bean Coffee in Morgantown, West Virginia, over in South Park. Sam, let's get back into it. What's the vision you have for Quantum Bean Coffee long term? Well, uh, I mean, I think that uh, we are, without much, uh, too much effort, we're growing. So I think it's about making sure we keep uh, what we've created in check here. And uh, I mean, that's my biggest job is as we grow to make sure we grow um, at a pace that keeps the quality where it's at, keeps this the stuff we've talked about, making sure we can maintain this connection with folks. Mm. I think that's a big thing, and especially in Appalachia, is um, 
making sure you're able to communicate with folks about, especially about coffee. Um, there's multiple ways to do it and you can certainly turn people off by using words that are just gonna kind of scare them instead of bringing them into a culture that's just so much fun. And I mean, as you know, has so much that you could uh, indulge in and learn and just, you know, different drinks, different things you can do that uh, we should be trying to bring more people into it. Yeah, certainly. that's cool. How do you attract new customers? How do you bring new new people in? That's a good question. Um, I think uh, social media, you, you got to mention that. Uh, Instagram is a really big one right now. I think TikTok is too, although I don't use it. Don't really know much about it, but I do know that we use Instagram as our our, our biggest thing for exposure, for recruitment, for you know new menu items, new events mm -hmm. we're doing, and that seems to work well. Um, I, I, I wouldn't know. I don't spend too much on advertisement at this point. I imagine if we grew at a pace that became uncomfortable, I would probably have to go do some uncomfortable things. Yeah. Like that. How, how, uh, how important is your website? In other words, do you get sales from uh, the website and uh, digital e-commerce? E yeah, no, we do. We do get sales. And to be honest with you, man, that was one of the things that happened with uh, the start of the pandemic through no effort. It just, I, I would go uh, Shopify host our website and I'll click on their little app just to see how they'll give you some raw numbers. First you would see it in the numbers of exposure and it's like, what's going on here? We're not investing. Uh, we're not doing anything to like no organic marketing whatsoever. Yeah. And then the sales started picking up and it wasn't crazy, but it's doubled or tripled since the pandemic. Wow. My view with online sales was always, especially once we had brick and mortar, that um, at this point, as long as it could keep itself afloat, meaning pay for itself, even if it was losing money one month here and there, that was okay for me because the exposure was important. And if you were going to be a, a modern-day coffee roaster and someone, for instance, tries your coffee and wants to get it and they don't live in your state, you need to be able to get that to him as a as a professional. Yeah, so. I, I love that. That's that's a that's yeah. a good way of looking at. It. Talk a little bit about. You mentioned nitro cold brew, and that was like the rage, right? A couple of couple of years ago. And now it seems like it's kind of. I don't know if it's tapered off, but in my my view, it seems like everybody's kind of into that. Um, yeah. What what are the the current trends right now? What's the hot thing? Not no pun intended uh, with regard to coffee and 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 your business. I think that, uh, you know, a, one of the things is um, infusions with, you see a lot of espresso with, um, so instead of nitro, we're going with like the carbonated uh, drink. So you'll take a botanical of sorts, an espresso and carbonated water. So you'll see like a, a lot of like lime, lemon, almost like a gin and tonic type drinks, yeah. but espresso is replacing your gin. Huh. Um, Interesting. Now we're not doing a lot of that, although we've we've run a couple specials that uh, touch on that. That seems to be a, a new uh, buzz. One thing I'm playing with right now is flash brewing, which is basically like cold brewing, but instead of brewing over time, you're brewing, um, you're over, you're brewing way more coffee because you're displacing some of the concentrate with ice. So it's going to fall um, as a concentrate, and then you're going to pour that over ice, which displaces 
that concentrate and makes the cup that you're familiar with. And that produces um, a really unique flavor and, and plays well, really well with like smoothies and things like that. So you're doing these, we call them like flash, I call them flash smashes, which is like the flash brew in a blender with smoothie stuff. So you could, you hmm. know, take your berry smoothie and call it a flash smash. Cool. That's one thing I'm exploring right now as a potential full menu of that, although I'm running out of time this year. Um, once it gets cold, the blender doesn't quite get used as much. All right. Uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to play word association here. Pumpkin spice. Yeah. <laughs> it's the time. It's that coming up on that time. Uh, do, do you guys go for those like seasonal things like that as well? Is that something that you offer? Yeah. I mean, I think you have to. Yeah. Um, you have to. Uh, we we have a pumpkin spice latte. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it. It's, it's not quite as sweet and as indulgent, I would say as um, Starbucks. Yeah. That's one thing I actually like from, uh, do like from Starbucks. They, their pumpkin spice latte is, it's, you know, it's there for a reason. Yeah. It has yeah. its popularity for a reason. Absolutely. Ours is, Absolutely. plays a little bit like a chai. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So it does have that pumpkin, but plays a little more like a spicy, um, spicy pumpkin. that sounds nice i have to come by and, mm-hmm. and try that for sure so yeah. um uh, you know that begs the question you know when i'm listening to you and all these different ways that you're making these drinks and 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 coffee specialties what's your favorite way to brew a cup of black coffee what's your favorite way uh pour over so when i sample roast a lot of coffee roasters will cup coffee, and I do as well, and that's where you have the fancy spoon and you're dipping it in a cup, mm-hmm. but you're really tasting brewed coffee. Yep. And so I'll cup coffee, but my main evaluation is done through a pour-over. I'll do a small pour-over. It's much like what we would do at the shop for, for a customer if they would order that. And that way I know, you know, I've cupped the coffee, but no customer's ever cupping a coffee. Right. So it's a great evaluation tool for farmers and for roasters but it doesn't actually communicate anything to the customer. Yeah. So yeah. you, if I'm able to brew something through a paper filter, now we're getting to something that I'm sharing with the customer, something yep. we can, I'm going to communicate these notes and I usually build the notes that way. And now I can say, okay, what they're tasting is in brewed exactly the same way as what I tasted with the exact same coffee. Yep. So for the, for folks who aren't, necessarily familiar with the pour over you you grind the beans fresh you have a certain amount of beans that you're roasting based on the the quantity that you're going to brew you have the just off boiling water and you pour it over the grinds the the coffee in a filter into a a vessel like a chemex which is kind of like a glass vessel right or you can just put it right into a cup and so one of the processes uh, or one of the steps in the process is to actually bloom the coffee, right? Where you initially yeah. wet all of the coffee that's freshly that's ground right. and it actually blooms and then it kind of breathes, right? It kind of yeah. caves in on itself after about 30 seconds or so. Is mm-hmm. is, a, is a bloom on the coffee, is that essential? In other words, if it rises, is that, make, is that indicative of a better quality coffee or maybe a fresher coffee? I think, um, no, I don't think it, I think what that would be indicative of is a, probably a more fresh roast. Okay. So usually if it's been 12 hours, man, it's going to be really gassy. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But even if it's been two weeks and it's a little less gassy, that coffee should still be relatively close to its peak. 
Yeah. And in fact, I think one day is a little too quick yeah. to find the peak. I think the peak would be somewhere after three or four days. That's likely. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Sam, I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about, um, I mean, we've talked about coffee, but you also have, a, if, you, if you're a coffee drinker or maybe even somebody who wants to get into you know, the, the social aspect of it, the, um, almost the chemistry of it, you have a whole line of accessories that you sell online and, mm-hmm. and in your store. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, we we try to sell things that, um, you know, we keep it pretty exclusive, pretty uh, just down to the bare bones of what you would need. A lot of things are the the same uh, devices we would use in our shop to produce mm. the cup. So we sell the Kalita pour overs, which we use. I'm a, we're huge fans of, of that system, and it's relatively cheap. We also sell the filters that go in that system. Um, we sell Barazza grinders which are fantastic burr grinders to be honest with you i'll never i never improved my home coffee brewing game as much as when i bought my first barazza grinder Mm. i tell people that and i i've heard that as well from our uh fellow staff members um so that's that's a big deal just being able to grind the coffee on your own at home makes a huge difference Mm. um and we also have the pour over kettles a couple different options to which is basically the gooseneck. It lets you do the slow pour, um, you know, to maintain control when you're doing those things like pour over. Yeah, absolutely. And one of my favorite things that you guys sell is the, um, I think it's called the Airscape. It's uh, uh, a Aeropress. Yeah. Well, it's the. It's, oh, I know you are right. The uh, the Airscape. The yeah. Storage container. Yeah, yeah. Storage container. Because because to me it's like you know when I open a a, a bag of coffee I I don't want to like put it in a refrigerator you know I feel like that's no. not the right way to do it so you guys sell these uh, Airscapes which is like a vacuum press so you you that's put right. the rest of your beans after you open that bag in and you just. Whoosh, and it vacuum yeah, seals it. Releases, yeah, <sighs> it, re- it releases all the oxygen and it like lets CO2 out, which is just, yeah. those things are neat. Yeah, we have one here at the office and I have one at home and uh, got them both at Quantum Bean. So one nice, of my favorite nice. coffee accessories for sure. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I Actually, I'm out of stock on those right now, but uh, it's a good, good reminder to get back on it here. Hey, Sam, uh, uh, what's one piece of advice you would give to young people thinking about starting a, a business, you know, like you did, what's one piece of advice you'd give to them? Um, I think that, uh, there's a lot out there about like, you know, we'll tell young people in high school, do, you do something you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good message. Uh, I think it's, probably a little bit partial though i think it you know i saw someone put a meme up somewhere and it read something like do something you love and to sum it up you'll basically carry it with you 24 7 and that's the truth and it's the truth especially if you love it Mm -hmm. um our business is still i mean we're eight years in seven years in but we're certainly still in the infancy stages um but there are times in my life when it's been all consuming and that's there are times when i want it to be and there are times when i don't want it to be but you don't you don't get to have control of that switch all the time yeah so maintaining that you know i have two kids i have a wife and maintaining that the business i mean you only have so many burners on the stove so Mm. uh something might get sacrificed it could be your health your diet or your exercise those all go together but it could be your family it could be your business yeah 
And I think it's important just to know when you get into these things that um, be careful when the hobby becomes a business. Um, not to say, I mean, I love, I love coffee and I love what I'm doing. Um, but I think it's a fairy tale to think you'll never have to work a day in your life. I mean, I think you, you may work more than anyone, you know, but it may also be more rewarding than yeah. any work that anyone. Man, knows it's, doing, uh, so. I really appreciate that, Samuel. It's uh, it's great insight. I appreciate that. What's one thing you do every day that you think contributes to your success? Um, I think uh, a couple things. I when I wake up in the morning, on good days and when I have time, I try to no matter what just give thanks for what I'm happy for, no matter what, mm. and try to remember that again nothing's given or guaranteed, and you know uh, every day is. Um, not guaranteed you don't know what it's going to bring so i try to give thanks and gratitude for what i do have and where i'm at and when i do that and it's not every day but it seems to help keep me grounded and make mm. me a better person mm. because as things do come i've started my day that way and i it just sets me up for more success um or better to handle those ups and downs uh the other thing is meditation lately uh which is hard to do and hard to find time to do, but just to take 10 to 15 minutes a day to breathe and uh, turn those thoughts off because sometimes they don't ever really get time to just not not be, you know, popping in the popcorn machine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. What's one book or even a podcast you'd recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? Um, well, I actually wrote down one. One I have is an old one. You may know this one. And I read it when I started the business and I loved it. And I read it again just a couple months ago. And man, it is just even better now. It's The E Myth by Michael Gerber. <laughs> <sighs> that guy had some stuff figured out. Yeah, he did. That's good. Um, That's so I good really one. enjoy his perspective and just his how you define processes and these things to, to go beyond yourself because. Yeah. You start a business, it's one thing when everything's in your head, but in your head is a big place and it stores a lot of things. And to define those things and inspire others to be able to do them is a whole different thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that is definitely a great book. And for those of you listening who don't know what the E-myth is, it's the entrepreneur myth. Michael right. Gerber, it's a great book. Sam, thanks for, for mentioning that. We've covered a lot in this interview in uh, the past 42 minutes or so. Uh, is there anything else you think our listeners should know about your story, Sam? Um, no, I think that if you have not uh, had a chance to come to our shop in South Park, you know, if you love coffee or even if you don't know if you love coffee and you think um, you might have just had lesser experiences because of where you might have tried it, come talk to one of our uh baristas they know coffee very well and um they can help you be sure whether you there's there's something in this world for you yeah if, if there is we can surely find it at our shop that's great sam uh, as we close out our time here how can our listeners learn more about quantum bean coffee and perhaps even contact you yep uh well we're all over the place instagram's one way to just have insight into our journey on a you know day-to-day week-to-week basis um, 
Our phone number's on our Google listing. You can call at any time. Uh, same with Facebook, ours. They're all on all the social media platforms, except for TikTok. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure we're everywhere. Your website. Website, quantumbean.com. Yep. Pretty easy. Yep, and we'll make sure we have links to all that in the show notes section. We'll drop it on Facebook Live and, and all the other platforms where we'll share this story. Sam, I just want to say, man, it's been a, a real honor to have you on the show today. Finally uh, get a chance to talk to you. I've been enjoying your coffee for a number of years, and I think what you're doing there in South Park, Morgantown, is, is really great. And I just want to encourage you to keep up the great work, ma'am. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. I appreciate you just chatting with me today. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, man. I, I, I tell you, and I've gotten some uh, some new tips on coffee, too. So we checking that out. Folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like my new friend Samuel Bonasso. He's the owner of Quantum Bean Coffee in Morgantown. Our hope is that we, in some way, equipped you and inspired you with this business story. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. Of course, we appreciate your comments, your positive reviews, and encouragement as well. And we love it when you guys share these episodes on your social media channels. It gets the word out there about businesses just like Quantum Bean Coffee. And be sure to check out our weekly show, the Positively West Virginia Small Business Mastermind, every Friday from 11 a.m. to noon, where we bring a panel of business business experts from around the state each week to help small business leaders win. If you want to catch up on video versions of Positively West Virginia or our Small Business Mastermind, visit our YouTube channel where we have compiled highlights of each week's episodes as well. And the link to that channel is on this episode post as well. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of advancing small business and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team and Interaction Media team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 